Hi, I'm Mitch Kasperk, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's Random Thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets, the audio version. Today we'll be looking at my random thoughts from February 20th. So we'll start with number one. Uh, it's just a reminder on the trade deadline. It's basically um, 10 days away. And I'm pointing out that at the top of the article, there's the charts that show the Jets draft picks and the ever-fluid uh, cap space they have. It looks like the Jets will have approximately $10 million in cap space on trade deadline day, and I believe that's a prorated amount. So um, we have the ability to go out and get some players if need be. Uh, number two is, well, the Jets had an awful week last week. They went... 1-2-0, and oh, and the goal scoring has uh, it's gone dry. The power play is a mess, and it seems like every mistake they make ends up in our net. Uh, obviously, teams are going to make good plays and score, but a lot, of the, <laughs> a lot of the goals we've given up have been completely self-inflicted by just by being sloppy or just being soft on the puck. But, uh, you know, despite the poor play, they were, they were in a bad stretch right now for the last few weeks where they've lost more than they've won going back to before the All-Star break. But they're still only three points behind Dallas with a game in hand. But the unsettling part is uh, Colorado and Minnesota are breathing down their necks. Um, so really, even with all the doom and gloom surrounding the team right now, they still have a very respectable record of 34-21-3. and three. Uh, Number three... The Jets are getting absolutely nothing from their bottom six forwards. And you really notice it when they're not getting much from the top six either. Uh, right now, the Jets are getting nothing at even strength. And uh, the bottom six has... Uh, I mean, the, the top six guys have been good all year. Shifley, you know, <clears throat> Shifley and Kyle Connor, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, but uh, they're getting nothing from the bottom, so... Like I say, you really notice it when the top guys aren't scoring. You got you need you need you need scoring up and down the lineup. There's no doubt about it. Um, number four, <laughs> this is uh, so either we make the goalies look good or we turn them into Vesna Trophy candidates every game. But uh, for a team that's supposed to have all these elite scorers, the Jets sure get goalied a lot. And I kind of make a little joke here. By the way, there's no such word as goalie. I looked it up. <laughs> Number five. This one, this one really bothered me. And it's a good thing I don't do these uh, thoughts <clears throat> right after a game when I'm really pissed off. But uh, I would th think it's fair to say that uh, the lack of power play cost the Jets in Columbus. They had three five-on-threes. And... Uh, well, they, Kyle Connor zipped that nice little uh, wrister in just before the uh, period the period ended, but the, the actual 5-on-3 had expired, so technically they didn't score on the 5-on-3, but uh, it's um, the power play is uh, really, really, really hurting us, and at that game there, we had enough chances. There was, there was a lot of power plays for the Jets. A lot of people, including myself, weren't particularly thrilled with the two goals that David Riddick let in, but let's face it, uh, he played well enough in that game for us to win, 
and uh, our lack of finish did cost us. And, you know, let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, Corpusella was really, really good on that game. So, um, once again, a disappointing loss, but uh, shit happens, dudes. Number six reads, Jets fans, including myself, would love to see Chevy take a big swing on or before trade deadline day and go after a player like Timo Meyer. The Jets have the draft picks, the prospect currency, plus the cap space to land a big fish. <laughs> uh, then I have a little picture of the uh, the old joke where Lucy pulls the football away from Charlie Brown. And on Lucy, I have Chevy. The football's Timo Meyer and Charlie Charlie Brown doing the header is our, our Jets fans. I always feel like... Uh, Jets fans were the Charlie Browns of trade deadline day because we always get our hopes up for that big fish or the big trade. We all hear the rumors about the Jets being in on this guy and the Jets being in on that guy and then uh, Chevy will have his uh, post trade deadline presser you know and say they had some interest in so and so but it didn't work out and that's fine but uh, you know we always get our hopes up just to be crushed but I think this year will be different. I really do think he's going to land a couple forwards, maybe even a defenseman. They might not be big names uh, like a Timo Meyer, although that's what we would really need. I think I think there'll be there'll be something done. In number seven, I say, I wish I had a dollar for every time Dan Robertson or Paul Edmund said a jet shooter missed the net. I'd be a rich man. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I watch a lot of hockey games and. You know, I mean, guys try to snipe and they'll miss a top corner here and there. But to me, it seems like the Jets missed the target an awful lot. Uh, when those top shelf rippers go in, they really look pretty. Uh, but you don't always have to snipe the top shelf. Sometimes you got to shoot a little lower, create rebounds, especially when you have guys in front of the net. To me, that's the most frustrating part. When we finally get some traffic in front of a goalie and they're trying to, you know, pick corners and that. You can't score on rebounds <laughs> if there's not a shot on net. So the Jets got to do a better job of hitting the net and creating more chances in front and get some greasy goals maybe every once in a while. Number eight, I look at the Winnipeg Ice. Um, they're back to the number one position in the CHL after the rankings came out again last week. And it looks like it's going to be a dogfight between them and the Quebec Ramparts for the rest of the year. You know, not that it matters. I mean... Being number one in the CHL is just a, a nice little cherry on top, but it really doesn't mean much. What's most important is uh, your rankings within your own league, and the Ice are the premier team in the league, although um, they have some good teams they got to get to before they get to the promised land. So, yeah, they, they're playing well, and uh, looks like Quebec's playing well, and uh, their rankings, like I say, they're nice, but they don't mean all that much. In number nine, I point out that uh, Adam Lowry's goalless drought has now reached 29 games, and it's actually 30 games if you count the Ranger game last night. This poor guy is snake bit. Uh, we all love Adam Lowry and what he brings to the team, but uh, he needs a he needs a goal just for his own mental health. Right now, Lowry's carrying a great big monkey on his back, but uh, you know he is getting chances, and any player will tell you they'd be concerned if they weren't getting chances, but even at 30 games, it's got to be driving him crazy. But uh, he'll pop one soon, and then you'll see the old obligatory, you know, yank the monkey off his back, and he'll have a big smile, and life goes on. Uh, number 10. Uh, this is puzzling to me, but uh, I write, 
I can't figure out why one of the Jets' most dynamic forwards is getting third-line minutes. Nikolai, don't call me Nick Ehlers, played 14 minutes and 40 seconds against Columbus and versus New Jersey, he had a paltry 12-41. He hasn't been great since he's come back from his injury. Um, I mean, he's chipping in the odd assist here and there, but uh, you're not going to get a guy uh, out of his doldrums by not playing him. Um, don't get me wrong, I love Cole Perfetti and Blake Wheeler, but in my opinion, there's no way that they should be ever getting more ice time than Nikolai Ehlers. So, um, you know, once again, it looks like Nick's going to have to work his way out of out of it and earn his ice time, and that's, you know, that's fair. In number 11, I say, I don't know if Rick Bonus was trying to send a message or if he was just overcoaching, but his line combinations in that New Jersey game were an absolute joke. There is no doubt the top six forwards are struggling, but I don't think they're going to get any better by sticking a bunch of third and fourth line guys up there and hoping uh, that something magically happens. It was a it was a crap fest, and uh, I mean, Manalainen and, and Coleman and those guys, they do bring a certain element to the team, but putting them in the top six is just, uh, that's brutal. I think you just play your best players, you know, together, you know, maybe jumble up the top six a little bit, but let these guys work out of it. The problem with the Jets' top six forwards, they have guys that tend to get a little lazy, and instead of uh, bringing out the blender, I would just, uh, if I was Bones, I would just get on them a little harder and just remind them of how they got their success. And, uh, you know, and this this league is tough. Uh, the goalies are tough. Uh, it's that time of the year now. You're getting into the last third of the season and uh, nothing comes easy. And the Jets at times, they, they do tend to be a little soft, a little bit too much on the perimeter and looking for the pretty play. They got to get greasy, get their noses in there. And just and work through it. It'll it'll come. Uh, I don't, I don't have any worries that this the top six is going to score. Uh, and also to be fair, I, I I always think it's harder to score on the road than at home. I'd be a, a lot more concerned if they were on a five game homestand and they and they couldn't score. Uh, getting back uh, at home will help a little bit, but uh, it basically comes down to hard work. And sometimes uh, our guys get a little late. In number 12, I mentioned that I finally closed the uh, who's the most improved Jets defenseman, the poll we had out. Uh, it was a runaway for Josh Morrissey, to no one's surprise. He's having a career year. Uh, obviously, everybody can see that. Uh, <laughs> what I thought was funny is everybody kind of knows that I'm really tough on Neil Pionk. And I wasn't surprised to see him finish last in the poll. Obviously, everybody else sees what I see, and uh, after a good start in his Winnipeg Jets career, I would uh, feel safe in saying that Neil Pionk has been a bit of a disappointment the last couple of seasons. Number 13 is quite obvious to anybody who's been watching the Jets, um, and everybody has different opinions on Twitter, Facebook, uh, talk radio, wherever you, wherever you listen, but... Uh, the consensus is it's time to revamp the power play because the current configuration is not working. You know, as of Sunday night, they're on a 3-for-36 skid on the power play, and I believe that the three goals they did score were on two-man advantages, so uh, it's not working. Uh, the power play is slow, it's stagnant, uh, they don't shoot enough, they overpass. Um, 
they really don't have a net front presence. So uh, uh, it's time to shake it up. I mean, we have <laughs> we have good nut players though. Like eventually, like anything else, they'll figure it out. But uh, you know, other teams do pre-scout you, and they know the tendencies, and uh, they know who to pressure and who to let shoot. And we have to start uh, moving the puck quicker, getting more shots on that, and it'll work its way through. I don't have any doubt about that. But right now, it's costing us games. Uh, games are getting tighter, and the power play is going to have to pull its weight if they want to be successful. Number 14 is my weekly question for either Coach Rick Bonus, GM Kevin Day off or owner Mark Chipman. And this week I asked, you know, why isn't Nick Ehlers on the first unit power play? And the only reason I asked that question is because <laughs> of their recent struggles. I mean, it's quite obvious this configuration is not working, so why not jumble it up a little bit and put Nick on there? Now, somebody had mentioned to me, and I don't know if this is true or not, that Ehlers actually asked to be on the second unit. I don't know why he would prefer that better, but, uh, you know, the coach has to make tough decisions, and I don't think it's a tough decision to say, yeah, you're going on the first unit power play. The thing I like about Nikolai Ehlers on the power play is he will shoot the puck. Uh, he passes the puck very well, and he is a master at zone entry. So why wouldn't you want to optimize one of the best players at getting the puck in the offensive zone? To me, it doesn't make any sense. In number 15, we look at the Jets' special teams and their face-offs. Let's start with the face-offs. They're sitting at 24th in the league at 48%, which is uh, extremely poor. Um, it seems like right now the Jets' best face-off man is Kevin Stenlin. Adam Lowry used to be our best. I don't know. that I haven't checked his numbers lately, uh, but he used to be always well above 50%. But overall, as a team, like I said, they're pushing 48%, which is unacceptable. Uh, I know a lot of this isn't always on the center. It's all about the wingers, too. The wingers have to uh, get in there and uh, fight for a lot of those 50-50 pucks that are in the in the feet of the centers, and uh, we don't do a very good job of that either. But uh, let's get on to the special teams. The power play's been taking a dive every week. They're going down and down and down. Right now, the power play sitting at 14th in the league at 21.1%. Uh, last week, it was 23.8%, so it's, uh, it's going down. Uh, the penalty kill is uh, doing very well. They're second in the league at 84%, and that was up from 83.7 or 8 last week. So, uh, you know, uh, to be honest, if I was going to have one area of the special teams doing very well. I would always prefer it be the uh, penalty kill. Uh, like second is awesome. Uh, like I said, the power play is 14th, but it's misleading. That's overall. They had a decent start at the, uh, the start of the year, and uh, the numbers might be skewed a bit now, but uh, you know, overall, there's the old rule of thumb that if your percentages of your power play and your penalty kill add up to over 100, um, that's fairly successful special team. Uh, right now, the Jets, if you add them together, they come out to 105. So they are above that 100 threshold. And the power play right now is the weak sister. But uh, overall, uh, no complaints um, with the PK. It's been solid. Now, of course, part of that, <laughs> the PK is the goaltending. And probably the best penalty killer in the league is Connor Hellebuck. So in saying that... Uh, 
no complaints on the special teams overall. Um, I have faith the power play will start pulling their weight soon. In number 16, we take a look at uh, the Jets' goaltending numbers, and I'll start with David Riddick. His record is 9-5-0 with a 2.49 goals against and a 9-11 save percentage. I would say that's quite adequate for your backup goalie, and especially a guy that's basically on a minimum salary. So uh, uh, he's pulled his weight. Uh, he's been fairly solid most times he's been called upon. And then there's Connor Hellebuck. Wow. Helly is having another Vezina Trophy caliber type season. You know, he's sitting on 26 wins, 16 losses, and a tie with three shutouts. And uh, he gives you a chance to win every single night. Uh, I don't think I can remember him having an off night lately. Like I say, he gives you a chance to win every night. Right now, he's sitting on a 926 save percentage, which is basically bordering on elite. And I would be shocked if he's not a Vesna Trophy finalist this year. He's the type of goalie that makes Coach of the Year candidates also. Um, he covers up a lot of warts on this Jets team, and I don't know where they would be without him. The part that scares me is, you know, I think he becomes a free agent at the end of next season, and it seems like we've wasted a lot of his best years with not much to show for it except for the conference final against Vegas. And man, and that seems like that was ages ago. Number 17 is my weekly, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, not a lot of good this week, but I thought the goaltending was actually good enough to win, but uh, the offense let them down, so we didn't get it done. So now we head over to the bad, and we've already talked about this, but the bad is Adam Lowry's goalless drought, uh, sitting on 29 games and counting. And the sooner that ends, the happier he'll be. Now to uh, the ugly. Well, there's no mincing words here. The power play is completely lost. It's slow, it's predictable, and nobody wants to shoot the puck. So um, whoever, I'm not even sure who runs the power play, which assistant coach, but uh, it's probably time to look for a new configuration, a small shakeup, and uh, let's get the boys shooting Let's get somebody in front of the net, maybe uh, maybe just, you know, for a game, try Adam Lowry as your net front presence, or PLD's pretty good there, too, so you could always always use him, but, uh, yeah, that's the ugliest thing. That's uh, It's a stretch where if the power play was even decent, we may have won a few more games, but it's not, and so we'll carry on to number 18. Oh, boy, here we go. I tweeted earlier in the week, uh, during the Columbus game, and I should never tweet during the game because I get awfully pissed off, but uh, I was all over Pionk, and I tweeted out, OMFG, is Pionk awful? Please, Chevy, move him. You know, and here's the thing is, um, you know, he has the odd good game, and he's more bad than good, but this is a, a sentiment that's almost every game for me. I, I think Pionk is really overrated and I think he's overpaid and that five million eight hundred seventy five thousand dollars per year I think his return on investment is really poor that money could be better spent elsewhere if the Jets could somehow move him you know the problem with Pionk is he has you know the odd good game but they're just too few and too far between 
And I'd really hate it if the only reason he is in the lineup is because he's a right-hand shot. That's a piss-poor reason to play a guy who's not playing very well. You know, the coaching staff, they have no problem rotating out uh, Dylan Sandberg or Logan Stanley or the other guys. And Pionk, to me, is the guy that needs to sit. He is uh, hes kind of the weak link back there. He just looks like he's skating in quicksand half the time. You know, he's just uh, not the same player that he was those first couple years when he was here. Like his, his best year was his first year, and it's been a slow regression uh, ever since then. And I just, uh, I think he has negative value on this team right now, and it's time to move him. He's the perfect contract to unload if they're uh, looking to swing a big deal, if somebody else will take him, and I'm sure they will. I know a lot of teams covet right-handed shots, but uh, that's not a good enough reason for me to have him in the lineup every night. In number 19, uh, this is very unusual for me, but I'm actually praising somebody that uh, I don't really like all that much. But I have to admit, you know, as much as I love Patrick Laine and Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think Matthew Kachuk is probably now the second best player to come out of that 2016 draft. You know, obviously uh, Austin Matthews is number one, but Kachuk has been very, very solid. He's not streaky. You know, he plays a tough game, but he puts up points. And uh, for me, he is definitely the second best player coming out of that draft. So, yeah, kudos to him. In thought number 20, I say, this is cheating because I shouldn't be posting this until next week. But I finished these random thoughts just as the Jets games versus the Rangers was playing Monday night. And Connor Hellebuck's performance was too brilliant to wait for another week. Helly made 50 saves and he made it look like he didn't even break a sweat. He was so calm and locked in, it was amazing. I'm not sure I've ever seen a, a better performance from him. This may have been his best. Um, that game last night against the Rangers, he looked big, he was square to the puck, and he, he was just so calm. You know, the Jets were under a lot of pressure, but uh, and the shot total, <laughs> let's not get, <laughs> let's not mince words, the shot total was, was high, but it seemed like the Jets defenders always pushed the shooters out to spots where Connor had a good angle and he was able to take away most of the net. Yeah, I mean, they did have some luck with a couple of posts and that and some couple of scrambles, but overall, um, you know, between Hellebuck and some timely scoring, uh, it'd be, you look at the score at four to one and say, oh, the Jets really, really played well. And to be honest, they did play decent. And I know a lot of the critics will say, well, look, at they only had like 20 shots or 14 shots. But the Jets were up early, and they're a different team now. They don't run and gun, uh, or <laughs> I know they try to, or they think they can at times, but they don't run and gun. They kind of uh, got the lead, and they sort of settled into more of a defensive posture, which I don't really like. I would like to see them continue to uh, to press a little bit, and but they got caught up with a few penalties here and there, and uh, overall, it was a it was <laughs> it was a nice game to watch. It was. It was nice to see Helly actually steal one. You know, like I said, I use the, the word goalied a lot. And it's nice when we can goalie somebody else. Um, it was our turn because we certainly have had some games in the last uh, few weeks where uh, somehow uh, the opposing goalie has just been the reincarnation of George Vesna. But uh, like I said, I couldn't wait till next week to post this because the performance was just too brilliant to wait. And by next Monday, Tuesday, when the next set of random thoughts come out, 
this is already a long gone memory. So uh, yeah, we uh, ended our thoughts on a, on a positive note here. Hellebuck was brilliant and of course, uh, no surprise to anybody who watches the Jets regularly. So that's it for this week's Random Thoughts. If you have any ideas or any questions, uh, you know, you can always just DM me on Twitter or send us an email or leave a comment in the comment section. Uh, all comments are appreciated and any ideas would be welcome. Uh, in saying that, I want to thank all the readers that visit us at winnipeghockeytalk.com and to those of you that will be listening to this podcast every week. Please pass it on to your friends if you liked it. Uh, the podcast can be found at Podomatic, uh, Spotify, Google, all the regular places. So uh, for this week, I'll say goodbye and thanks for listening.